Hey guys, Adam with Splendid Sports. Welcome back to Turn Back the Clock. This is episode number 15. Joined as always by Dylan, Double D Vintage Baseball Cards. How you doing, Dylan? Excellent. Thanks for having me, Adam. This is always a fun time hanging out with you. We uh, we both kind of got the post-national beard coming in. You know, we're just getting back to normal life after the our first national. So um, we're going to talk on the second half of the show here. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, not like a national recap or any of that stuff. I think that's been beaten to death probably across YouTube. Uh, but we want to talk about a couple specific things, uh, one that we differ a little bit in opinion on that we uh, noticed at the national, uh, it, it both being our first one. So we're going to talk about that in the, the latter half. Um, the, the first half here, we're going to show some pickups and, and um, talk about a couple things related to those pickups. Uh, but first, I know uh, you wanted to mention um, what's going on in, in Maui and uh, you, you live in Hawaii. So I know you wanted to say some words on that. Yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge what's going on right now. And I know there's a lot of people in a, a world of hurt right now. And talking about cards, you know, it's just, it's it's a weird thing. So I just wanted to make sure that um, I say thank you to everyone who reached out to me. I'm not in harm's way. We're not even close to any of that. Um, but I feel for everyone that that's going through and what happened and it's devastating. Um so that, that's kind of where I stand. I just wanted to send some love out to my fellow friends on the island. And uh, yeah, that's it. And now uh, we can talk cards and I'll, and I'll yeah. feel better about it. And I, yeah, I just want to say it's an area that uh, I actually got married in Maui and um, hung out a lot in that area. So I, I just, yeah, it's unbelievable. And yeah, same, same thoughts. Uh, so just a terrible thing. So yeah, we'll, we'll move on here and, and, um, we're going to go into some pickups. Uh, it, do you want to go first with, with pickups? or uh, Why don't you go first? I want to see, okay. I want to see what you got because I've right. already seen mine. <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, uh, I've picked up a lot of great cards um, in the last, I don't know, period of time, three to six months. And I've done a terrible job of actually showing those cards. There's so many cards I've picked up that I haven't showed or on YouTube or anything like that or even mentioned. So um, I'm going to try to be doing a little better of that. Uh, this is a little start. I only got four to show here, but um, this first one is a recent pickup. This is a Bill Walton rookie card. Let me, let me get sold on this. There uh, we go. This is a Bill Walton rookie card, 1974 tops. Always loved the design on this. And I know you're not a huge basketball guy, but I wanted to show this one because um, my wife and I, we actually watched there was a, a mini documentary. It's like a four-parter on ESPN about Bill Walton. And I don't know how much you know about him. Again, I know you're not a huge basketball fan. I know Bill Walton and, and his son also. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I love that. You got. I, I wanted to mention this to you uh, and anyone watching. Again, even if you're not a basketball fan, I thought it was great. My wife and I watched it. It's called The Luckiest Guy in the World. It's on ESPN. So, it's a stream. If you have the streaming app, just – look that up and it's a four-part series on bill walton and it's uh you know it's about basketball but really the personal story i've always been a fan of bill walton um he's a crazy announcer you know he talks a lot <laughs> and he says crazy things but um you know he he was a member of the 1986 celtics which i consider the greatest basketball team of all time um and i didn't know that much about his personal life but in this 
uh, one of the things that was amazing to me was um, he had a devastating stutter growing up um, for like the first, I don't know, half of his life. And he never really gave interviews. He barely talked. Um, and, and then later in life, he becomes this huge announcer who never stops talking. So it was just, uh, it's a great story, just kind of what he's overcome. And um, he, I love, I love stories of uh, guys who like uh, the ultimate what if stories. Like, you know, I collect Mickey Mantle. He's the ultimate what if guy. Bill Walton in basketball is an ultimate what if. I mean, he had a Hall of Fame career, but when you watch how great he was in some of these highlights, um, he was a seven footer that played like a point guard and um, he just suffered through injury. So I won't go through the whole thing, but uh, I want to show that. I, I, recommend I love, it. Recommend I love that. I love that story. You know, I love the adversity story with the stutter. I grew up with a good friend of mine who had a really bad stutter, still has it to this day. So it's like one of those things that, um, yeah, to overcome it like that, it's really cool. It makes me want to go buy a, a Bill Walton card right now. Um, so, dude, I don't care if it's baseball, basketball, football, stories like that. When I read books and stuff, I read book about books about tennis players, um, all kinds of different athletes, just because there's really deep stories in there. So I'm glad you shared that card. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going to watch the documentary for sure. I think you'll like it. It's really good. Um, all right. So moving on. Uh, the next three cards here, they kind of have a – a common theme, which we're going to get into in the, the last part of this episode. Um, we always talk about eye appeal and, you know, grading and stuff like that. So these next three pickups, these are examples of cards that uh, the grade to me did not matter. I graded uh, two of these myself and examples of cards that I didn't care what the grade came back as. It honestly didn't matter to me. Uh, this first one here is a, uh, let's go solo again, 2004. Pedro Martinez, uh, Essential Credentials Future. Okay, just a really cool looking card. If you know anything about these uh, these inserts, uh, parallels from the late 90s, early 2000s, Essential Credentials is like one of the most sought after ones. Uh, and this one, just a great design. And again, it, I, I sent it in for grading. I knew it wasn't going to get a 10. And again, I didn't even care because these cards, they're just so hard to find that any grade is cool. You know, like it's, it's a great collectible regardless of what the grade is. Uh, this one here is numbered to 60, let's see, 61. Um, but even though it's only, it's numbered to 61, which isn't like a, you know, one of five or whatever, these things never pop up, man. It's very, very hard to find these essential credentials. So uh, again, a card that the grade doesn't matter. I just like having them slabbed up and whatever it came back as I was fine with. So Dude, the, the rarity is in the number. It's number. Exactly. You know, it's like how much more rare do you need it? You need a 10 or a 7. Like that, that's that's just awesome. I love that. Because a lot of cards I collect don't have inherent rarity in them. Yeah. So, but these, yeah, these are examples of cards that are just rare on their own and great, whatever. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't make a difference. Uh, and then another one, shout out to our good buddy uh, Shane from Shoebox Legends. This is a card that he notified that uh, me of. Oh. Of on, on eBay, this is a Tom Brady 2015 top 60th anniversary blue foil stamp buyback. So basically, if I zoom in here, it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's the, the base card from, from that year. Oh, no, the card itself, I'm sorry, is a 2012. So it's a 2012 card. But in 2015, Tops did the buyback, you know, the buy insertion of, of old buyback cards. And then they stamped one. I mean, this card, I think it's like a pop one. I mean, it's for, for what I looked at, this was like the only one graded by PSA. That's how wow. hard this card is to find. 
Uh, so thank you, Shane. I wonder why PSA doesn't put 2012 because it's a 2012 Tops card and then 2015 buyback. That's a good point. Yeah. That like that kind of that frustrates me right there because these are museum pieces, right? When they're displayed, you want the correct yep. information on the top. So there's one. There's yep. a, a negative against the PSA right there because that should say 2012 in my opinion. Yeah, 2012 card that was reissued in 2015. Yes. You're right. Yeah. It, it it was printed in 2012, correct? That's the yeah, original. It's a, yeah. Just like 2012 the tops card. Yep. Yeah, just like buybacks in baseball. I think yep. when they label those, they label label them proper. So that's really weird. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome card. But anyway, you know, I sent it for grading, and again, whether it came back a six or an eight or a nine, whatever, uh, it whatever. You know, it's just like it's such a rare card. So very happy to have that one in the collection now. And then lastly, um, this is a, this is a big one. You you didn't you don't know I have this card. I've never shared yeah. it. Uh, I got it a while back, um, but you know I'm a player collector. But I do want to have at least one card of of all time legends like Satchel Page. So, oh, I, you did it! I, oh, I, look this at is that the thing. this is the this is a 49 oh, Bowman Satchel Page wow. in a PSA two. I wanted to show this one on this episode because. This is the perfect example of what I love in a nice vintage card right here. Rounded corners, centered, good picture. This is perfect. Uh, I'll take these all day long, uh, PSA 2, but grade does not matter at all. If this was a PSA 1 or 4, I, it doesn't matter to me. This card is exactly how I like them. They got the wear and tear on them, but it's still a perfect eye appeal card for me. Dude, that is a stunning example. You know what? It's so fascinating to me when you see rounded corners like that. It looks like it was cut perfectly rounded. Yeah. How did they round? How did they wear so perfectly? Like, I know there's a lot of campy yeah. rookies like that. That is a stunning two. That's yep. exactly why I appeal is king and who cares about the grade itself. Pay up, pay less, whatever it is. It, that card looks better than so many cards that are graded higher than that. Dude, yep. I, that's a, I can't believe you got that card and you didn't tell me. Oh, I have, I'm gonna, would you I'm be willing bit. to share what you paid for that or would you not? On, uh, you no, I'm going to hold off on that. I'm not no going to mention the price on that, but yeah. I, I think I got a good deal on it um, based on, you know, based on what the, the uh, two can go for. So um, honestly, awesome. I'd have to look to remember what I paid for it. I, I kind of got a ballpark. I'll, a, I'll, I'll <laughs> ask you after. Yeah, I'll tell you. I would love to have that card in, in a two. It's, you know, it might be doable. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, just happy with that one. So uh, a, a little foreshadowing. I picked up some big cards that I have not shown, uh, and I have some big cards that I've had for years that I've never shown. So that's going to be kind of a little little theme on my channel here in, in our episodes. I'm going to try to show some of those cards that I haven't yet. You know, you I mean the, cha the, the channel that you said you were going to do a video every day, and then you've only had <laughs> one in the last month. <laughs> hey, I've been sick. I got sick twice, man. Twice all in a right, month. All right. time in my life. I love watching your videos, so I'm like, dude, where the heck are this guy's videos at? Yeah, I'm going to oh. try to do a little better here. It's it's tough. Oh. Right on. So did you pick that up after the National or way before randomly you Oh, no, this, I, I think I picked this card up about a year, like maybe a oh, year or so ago. Gosh, yeah, look at you. I've been, I've been holding. such a holdout. Just, uh, that's what we do, though, sometimes. You know, you I like wanna... waiting sometimes. Yeah. I like to wait. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, you, sometimes it's tough to tell someone you just spent a bunch of money on a card. And then it feels weird, right? And you're like, man, should I tell anybody about it? I'm just going to keep it to myself. 
share it later. I, you know, I think we've all kind of done that. Yep. Just it, it is what it is. So and dude, I, awesome. I've got Perfect. some bigger, even some bigger ones that I have. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I took up too much time on that one. I know we're trying yeah. to keep this like to 25 minutes. So sorry, go your, your turn. All right. All right. So first I want to do a quick shout out because these have to do with my pickups as well. And I read the Mangini letter today or yesterday, the number four. And he, it was about, wasn't him. It was a, he had a guest writer and it was about the Manko sets and the Japanese cards in particular from the set. And I love these Manko cards. So I had this one prior and I had this one prior before the national. And I picked this one up from Robert at the national uh, dealer there. Really nice guy. Absolutely love the artwork, love the colors on this. Um, so shout out to Mangini. Love the letter. Love, love that article. Um, I forgot who it was that wrote that, but it was outstanding. Um, JP Wisco. JP Wisco. Oh, yep. sick. Okay. So, um, dude, I don't even know if I follow him. I need to follow him and check his stuff out because that was really awesome. Well done. I encourage everyone to read that last letter. Um, I picked up this other Sadahara O card, which I had shared on my channel. Just nice to share it again. The King of Home Runs, and he's on this Plain Days 61 Kings card. I forgot what year's rookie is, but this is getting closer. Um, and I absolutely love this card. It, mm. it, for me, it's I've had it on my wall displayed in a single frame above my desk since I got it. One of my favorite pickups from the National. Um, here's a card that I have not shared yet. And this card is huge for me. It's a giant pickup from the National, but it was a pickup prior to the National. You texted me, but I didn't see your text. And I think you even texted me before Don. But Don text, texted me saying this card was up on Twitter from Ryan Nolan. And I had seen this card on his channel when he went to Europe. He found it in an album. And I asked him then, it was like three months ago or more, I asked him if he was going to sell it. He said, no, it's for his PC. But he put it up for sale. Somebody else, I, I got in touch with them, got his phone number, texting back and forth. Um, long story short, I was able to get it from him. And there are, this is the only one ever graded by SGC. And this is a Duke Hanamoku. And this is a 1922 Felix Potten card. Um, I should, I, I read all about this, but to be honest with you, right in this moment, I completely forgot about everything, but I know the set was filled with a bunch of other players, but he's one of the highly sought after ones. There's probably been about seven graded, I think, from PSA, and he upgraded, so he has another one. Um, my personal opinion, I think mine looks even better than his, but his is a four-something in a PSA, so I'm really stoked to get this. has wax stainless on the back or, like, the glue stains from being in, a, in an album. Dude, it's a blank back. I'll never look at this back again. Um, Duke Hanamoku, the king of, of swimming. He won, I think, three gold medals, two silver medals. Absolutely fantastic story. There's a documentary about him. You must watch this documentary. Um, and he also is basically the inventor of surfing to the world. No one would have surfing around the world if it wasn't for Duke. So he's the king of my sport. Um, and I collect his cards and this is the third card of his that I have. I have this one as well that I got, um, 
around five years ago over here from someone who has met Duke, really special. So to add this, the rarest card in my collection, rarest vintage card in my collection, really proud, really stoked. And that's um, the oldest one you have now of him, right? Oldest one, yeah. There's older ones and there's other ones that I'm looking for. And I went, when I was at the National, I asked every single vintage dealer if they had any Duke Onomoku cards. Not a single one except two of these, which I, which I saw on the tables. Two of them. Nothing near as good looking as this. But no one had the cards I was looking for and no one had any more Dukes. Half the people didn't even know who he was. So um, awesome. Really stoked with my, that pickup. Now was done at the show. And what's really cool is it's on video on Ryan Nolan's channel. He videoed us the transaction. Um, so extra special moment. And I'm going to watch was, that. I haven't yeah, seen that yet. It's really cool. And all my friends were there. You know, you weren't there, but a lot of my friends were there. And the guy who wanted to get this from uh, Ryan Nolan, that I, he, he said he couldn't sell it to me just yet, what is supposedly the greatest Negro Leagues collector of even though he's Hawaiian, but the greatest Negro Leagues collector in the world. He was trying to buy this card, trying to trade for it. And I just kind of like really kind of put the pressure on him. Like I texted um, Orlando and he gave me his phone number. So then I was text battling and just telling what it means to me. I'm bringing it home to Hawaii and uh, it just means a lot to me. So my my ep most epic pickup at the National was this one. Congrats. So, that's, I'm that's so glad you have that. Me too. That's what I got. All right. So, as I mentioned earlier, um, this was our first national. You and I, had, we had a great time. Um, but I want to, a couple things that we both, that really both struck us. Um, we talked about the people. This is going to be about the cards uh, for the most part. So, you, I heard you say this. I, I forget what other show or interview you said it on, or maybe it was your own channel. Um, but, you were really struck by how few centered vintage cards. There's a lot of vintage cards there. A lot. Of, I mean, you'd see like the same Mickey Mantle card, like 20 straight in a row at some of these showcases, which was incredible. Um, but you and I like a certain eye appeal. We like centered vintage, right? Uh, and a lot of people do. I, there, I, I noticed the same thing that like very few of them had the eye appeal that you and I like. So that, you want to talk a little bit about that a little more um, on that? Yeah. That yeah. I mean, that was my, my biggest kind of concern going into the national was in the back of my mind thinking, am I going to turn my back on my collection and be like, man, I really don't have that special of a collection because everyone kept saying there's, you're going to see a hundred 1956 Mickey Mantle cards and all hundred at one table. And so I was like nervous going into it going, am I going to feel kind of weird about kind of like, man, all this money I put into these cards over my lifetime, is it going to make me feel weird knowing that there's just, there's just millions of them and they're just everywhere. And I noticed within the first 30 minutes that the rarity in these vintage cards isn't, it, 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 the grade is rare, but that isn't the card itself. What's rare about the actual vintage card itself is when you get a centered copy. And, and, and when I talk about centered cards, I appeal um, of the image itself goes hand in hand. There is right. no way I'm buying a centered card that has terrible um, 
image unless it's just for like a display or something cheap, but not a real car, not like a, a big boy card or anything. The, the image is the most important, but centering to me has to be there as well. You can't have one or the other. Um, I want both. And some, I, I definitely would, um, there's definitely cards where I will budge slightly on the centering just because the card is rare in and of itself. And it is hard to find in, in all aspects and how long you want to wait. But with that said, there was tables that had 50 Mickey Mantles, 1964s all lined up. And trust me, I went through all 60 of them. If they were graded and they were on the table lined up, I had them pull all of them out. Because if you couldn't see, all you see is the top one. I wanted to make sure I saw all of them because they, these dealers still not onto the whole centering thing. Not, dude, it was very rare that these guys were like really onto the centering IFL thing. It was still about the grade, which made me really happy. And I'm telling you, I, I had, I was struggling to find centered vintage cards, and it made me so happy inside knowing that. The cards that I've been collecting over the last year and a half have a rarity to them. It's not an everyday find that you find, you know, a centered Sandy Koufax 1960 and especially in a low grade. Yes, you can find a nine, but even the nines in most of these vintage cards have a diamond cut to them. It blew my mind. So I was looking for, no, I didn't really tell anyone, but I was looking for a Clemente rookie and a Sandy Koufax rookie the whole time as well as the two, the DiMaggio and the Ted Williams while I was there. But I wanted a centered copy. That's the most important thing. Give me the centered, nice eye appeal. I didn't see a single centered Clemente rookie card except in a nine. And even I saw a bunch of eights and, and a few other nines that were not perfectly centered. They had diamond cuts to them. Only centered, perfectly centered one I saw was a nine what 200 grand probably for that card i don't even know you know i didn't see i i, I probably looked at 120 of clemente rookies and I, in any grade from six and below not a single one was centered um and sandy koufax same exact thing i was really looking at every single sandy koufax card i came across rookie card um didn't find a single one i mean i was i was with adam paul as well so I told, he knew I was a centering guy and, and he was like, he would, would point out, like, I would think one was really well centered and he'd be like, it has a slight diamond cut, Dylan. And I was like, oh, I was so bummed because I was like, you're right. Can't buy it. Put it back. Yeah. Like for <laughs> so, me, going awesome. into the national, I already did not care about grades with vintage cards. Like they were, they were meaningless to me. I think I might actually, we might title this episode, uh, vintage grades don't matter or something like yes, that because the, but after the national after seeing so many vintage cars and looking through all of them um i felt even more so that way if it was possible that the grade doesn't matter i don't honestly uh you know i have, I have a decent amount of vintage cars that i've most of them i bought like pre-2021 you know in in the past in the past that you know are pretty high grade and have uh sharp corners and stuff like that i don't think i'll I may never buy a, a sharp cornered vintage card again. Uh, I, I, it's like, I almost, honestly, I'm not just saying this because they're less expensive and I like saving money. I almost prefer vintage cards to be like that satchel page card. I, I really do. I, I like, I think I like rounded corners because it tells the story of vintage cards. Um, anyway. Jake, but that's funny you brought that up because Jake, Legends Never Die, was on John, the show you were on, John Mangini's show. 
on, the, on, he, on with John. Yeah, on with John. And he stated the fact that he, he's a, anyone who doesn't know, Jake's, uh, Jake only collects ungraded stuff. But he'll buy, he buy graded, he buys graded cards and then cracks them up. Yep. He's not a centering crazy person like me or anything. But he likes wear on vintage cards. And yep. I think you made a great point there because when I look at a card, I'm not anti sharp corners like this 3.5 has insanely sharp corners, no creases or anything, but you, but that satchel page and these older cards, they look absolutely stunning like that. You, the, the corners, like once you get past that and, and anyone listening, I was a corners freak. That's what I was born and raised on for 40 years. I was a literally 40 years. I was a corners guy. That's all that mattered. You know, because that's what we grew up with. Don't touch the corners, you know, like on 87 tops, you know, don't touch the corners. Yep. You're like, dude, when, when I was 12, it was embedded in me. By the time I was 12, like it was all about the corners. It's all that mattered. I love, I love this whole new concept. So sorry to take some of your time. No, that, that, so yeah, that, that was my, like, as far as from a card perspective, that was my biggest like affirmation or takeaway was that uh, I, I probably ha I've never looked at that many vintage cards <laughs> in in a period of time in my life. So that was the most cards I've ever looked at. Just like scanning so many, looking through them, and I had that same takeaway that yeah, this I don't know what the percentage is. Maybe it's ten percent of of vintage cards are centered. I don't know what it is, but it, it it's definitely it's pretty low. It's pretty so, low. So Adam, I I've got a fun project that I'm working on right now. I'm building a spreadsheet. And I'm marking down, and when I, I'm going to be doing this in future videos as soon as I get a little more data. I, I, hunted, I hunt so many cards and so random, more than like different than most people collect. I'm super random. Anything centered and good eye appeal. So I'm marking down how hard I think this individual card is to find centered. Some cards are relatively easy, um, like the 60 Maze. It's not a hard card to find centered. So I'm going to put a percentage on this of like, 70%, you know, whatever it is, like he's not 70% or more center, but I'm going to do some kind of scale that tells me how hard a card is to find centered. And I'm coming up with a system and I'm starting a spreadsheet of it. It's going to be really fun because each card is so different. Like for some reason, um, I'm learning over the last year and a half that um, Roberto Clemente cards are insanely off-centered. A, a huge portion of his cards. I don't know if he was, all of his cards were cut on the corner of most of these sets, but his cards are one of the hardest guys ever. Willie Mays, one of the easiest guys ever to find center. Um, I, love it. I, that, I wondered that for so long and uh, there's nothing out there like that. So yeah, anything you could put together like that would be really awesome to see. I'd love to know that type of information because there's no way to know that now without someone actually yeah. putting in the time to do that. Yeah, and there's people out there that understand they get it because they'll be, of course, we all know the Ozzy Smith. We all know this and this. But there is all the other cards, too. And I know them, and I look at them, and I hunt for random stuff. So I think it's going to be really fun and a, a great experience because I, I really think that we're looking at some of these cards. You're talking like 2%, you know, like 2 out of 100. If that, some are 1 out of 100. Some are even harder, like, I was looking for the 57 um, Hank Aaron. Didn't see a single one in the entire show in any grade that was perfectly centered. 
and longer I looked at them, it, it was there was something wrong. So I well, I like, had this I had this idea too, you know, because I'm always coming up with wacky ideas in my head, uh-huh. right? Like after looking at all this, I had this idea that I was thinking. Now I don't know. I'll probably you know uh, cause some people to ruffle some feathers with this, <laughs> right? But when because anytime you mention the PSA set registry or I appeal ratings and so forth, people get some people get a little upset, but. What if PSA were to come up with an I appeal grade, right? Because right, I, I always one of the things about the PSA registry, especially with vintage cards, um, that's kind of crazy to me is like the highest rank ones. It's all based on that technical grade, right? But if you look at some of these like sets that people have put together that are like number one ranked, and you actually go through the pictures of the set, they got eights and nines that are off centered, terrible, like not terrible, but like for the grade, terrible I appeal, and then like. You look at some of these other ones that are further down the rankings on this PSA set registry, and their fours and fives look better, uh, but they're way ranked less because they only rank it on the number. What if PSA came out with like an I appeal boost, right? Um, so they could assign like an I appeal grade two to these cards where your four might get a, bon- a bonus jump in the PSA registry if it has that I appeal rating. You know, I know that's probably a lot to, to do for that. I think, yeah, I think. What you're talking about is exactly what PWCC does, and then the other guy who does those stickers. Yeah, but um, this would be by PSA for their yeah. registry, which there's is just, their biggest bread and butter, you know? Look, there's just no way they're going to do that because it cuts into their whole system, right? It cuts into their ideal point scale, the 1 through 10. If they do that, you start questioning their whole scale. Yeah, they, can't, right, but, they can't, but I love it. I mean, I love it. I'm just being the other side going. It would make it more fun, though, for some of these. Like totally. now, the registry, you can only be like highly ranked with some of these vintage sets if you're a billionaire, you know? And I know, you, it's you, insane, you know? right? It's, so just for people with on. normal money or normal incomes, uh, you know, if you want to try to like compete or whatever, uh, it's yeah. impossible. There's, there's like no way. So, but if you were to hunt eye appeal cards and then you could get bonuses for that, hey, it would make it more fun, guys. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Absolutely. Anyway, la- last point here. Last point before we go. Uh, we're going to keep this one shorter. Uh, one other thing I think we might differ a little bit on, um, and I've heard other other like YouTube collectors, there's a pretty pretty common sentiment that like the corporate the, at the national, the corporate presence is not their favorite. Like if, if it was, they'd have it their way, it would be all card booths, you know, and not as much or, if, or any of the corporate stuff. I actually, um, one of my takeaways from the national was I really enjoyed going to the corporate booths. I certainly looked at a lot of cards. Okay. But I really liked going to, to see the Beckett booth and the CGC booth, PSA, SGC. Uh, I have, I kind of got a new respect for those companies because one of the things that struck me was the people that work at those companies that were at the show working, they were working their butts off. They were, I mean, they were really working hard and I, you know, the interactions I had with them, great customer service. Um, so it kind of puts faces behind these companies that we like to take shots at, you know? Uh, and I used to do trade shows in, in my um, previous job. I used to actually do trade shows for a couple companies I worked for. And uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, you know, there's a, there's a way to do it the right way to be engaging and to work really hard. And then there's, other people that do trade shows that kind of just sit back and they're hung over and don't do anything. Um, but all the companies I went to their, their, uh, setups, I was really impressed. So I have, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed going to that, that end of the show as far as like the corporate booths and so, so forth. 
uh, I know maybe you don't feel so much that way where, you know, you don't, you didn't, I think you said you didn't really go to any of the corporate stuff, right? Yeah. I, I think the corporate stuff's really cool. I don't, I don't want to take away from that. I think it's needed. I think it's important. Um, I, I I'm fine with it, but it's not for me. It's just not something that I cared for. Um, I, it wasn't that I just didn't have the time. Maybe if I went to a card show every three months, then I would love to go mash it up with guys at the corporate places and, and check out their booths and stuff. But I, I had so little time that they, 10 hours it was open. I wanted to just be staring down at the glass, looking at, looking for a centered vintage card. <laughs> it was like, I, I just couldn't do it. It was the same thing of, of running out of time, talking to friends. Um, it was very tough, very tough, but yeah, well said. Well, all right. Um, we're going to, we're going to keep doing these turn back the clock. So we're going to cut this one here um, so that we have more to talk about on the next one. Uh, so yeah, guys, this was episode 15 of turn back the clock. Always appreciate you taking it's 33 minutes in here. If you're watching, you took 33 minutes out of your night or day out of your life, busy life to watch. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next one, hopefully. Later, guys. Later.